Hey guys, it's Alex, and I know today is not Tuesday, it's Friday, but I am delivering to you all a bonus episode. Today's guest is Shannon Arthur. She actually was a guest back in 2019, episode 21, if you want to go check it out. But on today's episode, we are talking about her time um, being on the campaign trail with Senator Raphael Warnock. I'm sure all of you guys know how crazy January was as far as politics go. So I thought Shannon would be the perfect person to kind of like discuss everything that went on and you know just being a part of history and what her experience was like as well as how you know money is political and she was even able to you know highlight a few women besides Stacey Abrams who are on the ground doing the work so I really hope that you guys enjoy today's episode and I will see you guys on Tuesday I am Shannon um (laughs) And I currently am the call time manager for Reverend Raphael Warnock, um, specifically for his U.S. Senate campaign. And then what happens after that, we have, stay tuned, because we do not know. Um, <laughs> what we do know is that Shannon will be taking a nap. Um, yeah, but I, I handle, I guess I'm considered the political slash finance liaison of the campaign. Wow. So how did you end up with that role? It's pretty cool. Um, I applied for, well, first, signed up for a mailing list. Um, if you work in politics, sign up for a mailing list. Um, I signed up for this mailing list that had um, a list of political jobs specifically geared towards community students, not students, but people of color to kind of make up a more diverse space um, so from there I applied and basically called up my, um, my letters of recommendation and was like, Hey, look, I want this job. <laughs> you know how I work. <laughs> Please help me get this job. I was like, I feel like I need to be on this campaign. I don't know why, but my spidey senses are telling me I need to be on this campaign. And so my great mentors that they are was like, yes, we will call whoever we need to call and I let them call us and we will vouch for you because we know how you work we know how you operate blah 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 what was it like working like so closely with um senator warnock and like just being on the campaign trail and you know going on to make history like what did that feel like for you um exhausting um i remember specifically the day after we won the runoff, because we knew we were going into the runoff because there were 21 people in the ballot and 18 of those people were Democrats. So mathematically, there was no possible way for anyone to reach 50% in the first run, in the first round. Um, we just didn't know who our opponent was. And maybe that's just because we felt really confident about the ground game we were running and the doors we were knocking, the phone calls we were making and the donors were excited and everyone was really excited about our campaign. So we really felt confident that we were going to be in the runoff no matter what. We just didn't know if it was going to be, you know, two other another Republican besides us um, outside the incumbent. So, yeah, we were really hyped and we were really excited. And it was the next day. And then all of a sudden, Act Blue, which is how people give contributions to our um, to your campaign or to an issue or a cause, um, at our Act Blue account just blew up. We woke up the next morning with 
millions of dollars, <laughs> completely overwhelmed and was like, what is happening? So after election day, we're literally in the office the next day at like maybe around like 6 a.m. trying to figure out what's our next steps gonna be, who we're calling and stuff like that. And we were like, we don't have to call anybody. Like, oh my God, what is happening? Like our emails were just getting so stupid. I woke up the next morning with 6,000 emails. It was astronomical, but like people were giving small donor amounts. And these were communities who were never been tapped before, who were really feeling energetic about our campaign. And they were giving $5 and $10 and, you know, 2,800 and 10,000 and it was getting a lot. Um, but it was really exciting. And I think that's the day I, we, I felt like, I mean, I knew from day one we were gonna win just because I felt this was the time if any moment in time in Georgia, this was a time. But then when Georgia went blue for Biden, I was like, oh crap, like we're about to win this. Like, this is really about to happen. And then come election day, part two, um, <laughs> I, we were really sitting there. We thought we were gonna not gonna know any answers until about Friday, cause we knew it was gonna be a close race. Um, but it actually wasn't as close as we expected. We found out that night I'm in tears on the floor crying. Um, the reverend's looking at me like, are you okay? I'm like, no, Senator, I'm not. And I get to call you Senator now. Um, so I am just in a complete tizzy. But honestly, it feels really, really good to feel, to, for like people to feel like they actually have a voice and like mm-hmm. actually work for, you know, a winning race in which... I felt so passionately about the candidate and then I'm in the candidate personally and like I'm in his children and you know I'm in his house and we're doing these calls together we're working out during these calls we're eating a bunch of junk food you know and it's like I have a relationship with this man who's now a U.S. senator who is just kind of mind-boggling I'm still coming to terms with it all like Wow, I have chills. What were you like on election day? Because I know I was like, I can't watch CNN anymore. I'm like, I have to go to bed. Like, I'm, <laughs> Like, Georgia election day is always going to be a little exhausting because you just know that someone's polls are going to go down. Some Something stupid is going to happen. A water main break is going to fall break or something. Something's going to happen to mess up a, vo- a voting precinct. And it's always happening in Black areas, without a doubt. But nothing was happening. Nothing was breaking down. It was going so smoothly. Election day, earlier voting went so smoothly. There were no issues. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest issue was Trump from the outside telling people that their race, the campaign is rigged and the election is rigged. That was the biggest problem is the fighting misinformation. But as of like a logistical standpoint, like Stacey Abrams always says, like, it's not magic, it's math. Like the math worked. And mm-hmm. so on election day, I felt really confident that it just was going to work. It, I didn't care whether we found out on election day, we found out on Friday. I just knew it was working because mm-hmm. the feedback I was getting and the people who were talking to us, it was just working. Senators and People from California, students from California were like, let's host an event. They were excited. These were like college dens. We had high school students wanting to participate. It's just, it felt 
real like yeah really real prior to election day and which was a different feeling from being on the abrams campaign because if we're going to be honest she won that but because there was outside factors in her race that she could not control though we fought as hard as we could for those it just felt like it was out of our hands but that this race felt like it was in our grasp mm-hmm. the numbers were just there and it's just oh it's not magic it's math and I'm, <laughs> and I'm still in disbelief that georgia did it black brown aapi community they all are their communities have like completely increased without a doubt in their voting percentages in their political donations and their political like activities online. They just, everyone did their part. I was reading an article on, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on where I was reading the article from, but they were talking about like the money, the amount of money that was raised for the Senate election. And they were giving both parties a little heat about raising so much money during a pandemic. So what are your thoughts about that? I don't pocket watch (laughs) 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 how people want to spend their money. They are free to spend their money how they want to. If people forget that just because we're in a pandemic doesn't mean democracy stops. You know, the country doesn't stop because we're in a pandemic. If anything, it becomes even more vital to be active participants in every which way you can be. You know, people who didn't give financially or couldn't give financially gave their time. So some, everyone gave something, whether it's donations or through effort or time or phone calls or text messages, because we all know we got blown up through text messages. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, you know, and those are people who did both or did one or did the other. And people have a right to spend their money how they want to. You know, mm-hmm. I would say. It's hard to tell, I'm not telling anyone no, because legally money is a form of free speech. So the same way you can still give to causes, you can still give to political candidates, you know? And when our candidate is running against the richest woman in the world, (laughs) in the the Congress, now her husband owns the New York Stock Exchange, which who knew you can own that? Yeah. baffling talk about money money you know it's hard it's it's hard to say no to it because you have to be able to compete because it's not just Atlanta we have to reach South Georgia we have to reach Southwest Georgia specifically because those people got their eighth hospital closed but it takes money to do that speaking of of like you know money um the phrase money is political I've seen like swarming around social what does that mean to you where you choose to spend your money on, let's say that. Spend talks a lot about who you are as a person. If we're talking budget-wise, federally, your nation's budget is a moral document. It tells you what you care about. You know, mm-hmm. if you are taking away from education and you're taking away from healthcare, then you don't care about kids and you don't care about elderly and you don't care about black and brown communities. You don't care. It's a moral document. So when you see these big corporations, you know, give to these really, really controversial and sometimes corrupt candidates, 
it tells you what that corporation cares about, which mm-hmm. is why it's so impactful that like medical communities, like medical companies like Blue Cross Blue Shield is no longer giving towards, you know, these candidates, these senators and these congressmen who, who said no to the vote, who continue to perpetuate that as if this is a fraud, who continue to spread the lie that this was someone stolen from people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That matters. That matters because right. people now think twice. And now they have to also work to earn the makeup of that money, which means you have to tap into communities or areas that you normally were just going over. Right. So yeah, money is political. I felt personally, I felt like the energy for like the Georgia election wasn't really the same for like the presidential election. Uh, Did you feel that way? And like, if so, why do you think that is? Is it just because, you know, it was just like one state or not like the whole entire country getting involved or like, what was it? Um, What do you mean not the same? Like, I feel like for the presidential election, everyone was like, go out and vote, go out and vote. And like, there was this like like, energy to like go out and vote. And I feel like for the Georgia one, it was just kind of like, hmm. Like, I don't know, like the energy was there, but like, I I just feel like it wasn't the same as a presidential one. Um, I think because most people don't realize that, once again, if you take away education from the country, you take away how they understand how their government works. So local government has direct impact on your life, but the president is the head figure that everyone sees, you know? And so the hype around a presidential election is always gonna be bigger mm-hmm. because people are, that's the, that's the front facing person. That's our world leader. That's our, that's the, that's the, the representative of the United, entire United States. Mm-hmm. So the monumental idea of his, of the president's position is always going to feel bigger. It's always going to be, have like a bigger rah, rah, rah than a local election. Um, I would say it's a little different for Georgia because this has never happened in the history of our country where the Senate majority is determined by one state and two seats in the same state. Um, And one of them having to be a special election, which was Reverend Warnock's. And then us actually winning both seats, one side winning both seats at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So local elections will always feel different than presidential elections. But I think as we have organizations like Fair Fight, Fair Count, New Georgia Project, My Black Vote Matters, um, you start to see a different conversation that's happening in the community about why local elections matter. So for example, we did not win the public commission seat, which was Daniel Blackman. And so that means that people do not understand what the public commission does, but that's a six year seat in which this person controls how utilities are charged in this state. And this man who won the seat has had that job for forever, you know, and doesn't believe in climate change, doesn't change, doesn't, you know, Georgia has the fifth highest utility bills in the country. Without, oh, wow, I didn't know that. 
Yep. Without the income to actually help with the increase. So you have senior citizens or small communities that are on um, fixed incomes who have these record number utility bills. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. The public commissioner, the public commission seat is six, five, five or six, five or six people. And now they're all Republicans. None of them are people of color. And they all don't believe in, you know, the Green New Deal or climate change or anything that actually solar alternative energies. And that's problematic. That's a race that we really, really needed because people needed a voice on that campaign, on that side, and we don't have it now. So now we have to wait six years, which is when John's fight come, term election comes up again to do it all over again and hopefully get this seat. But that mm-hmm. means we have six years to educate people. Speaking of like, I guess like educating, like Stacey Abrams has been like a huge, huge like piece of the puzzle, I think for all of this. Um, and so a lot of people are, you know, are like focusing on her, but I wanted to know um, if there were, if you could like, I guess like shout out any other um, women of color who, you know, worked probably just as hard as Stacey Abrams, but maybe they're not getting like the recognition that she, that she's been getting. Um, Jenny Castile, she is a Latin ex woman. She actually used to work for Stacey Abrams. Um, and she was also the Latin ex director during her governor's race. And she is amazing, beautiful, beautiful Latina, works hard to make sure that the Latin ex vote is coming out and is showing up. And it's, it's, she has her own, she works with Ashley Robinson, which is another woman of color, black woman. Um, and they have a pack that helps, um, that they raise money for that helps train candidates and staff of color. So mm-hmm. they're doing amazing work. Latasha from My Black Vote Matters, she's amazing. She's doing her, she gets her coins, Helen Butler, who's been on the ground since forever, has, needs to get her coins. Who else? Nse Ufet, she is from the New Georgia Project, which is the first organization that Stacey Abrams founded. Um, But she is the current CEO of the New Georgia Project and does amazing work. Um, Hope, she does amazing work. Oh, geez. I can just go down this list of like (laughs) amazing, amazing Bianca, just amazing black women who have been in Latin. Oh, B. Wen, state representative, single-handedly took down the Trump campaign when they tried to come to Georgia and give all these voter fraud crap. And pretty much was like, I called these people individually and this is not voter fraud. She's amazing. Follow her on Twitter. She's great. Um, but she also donates her house as a staging location for the Democratic Party so people can come and volunteer and her location. So that's amazing. But there are some phenomenal, phenomenal people on the ground that are kicking butt and taking names mm-hmm. and they're Black and they're AAPI and they're Latinx and they are just what is AAPI? I've never heard that 
with Asian American Island and Pacific Islander. So okay, so it covers the entire that diaspora of people. But I will say, like, what we had on this campaign was also like small businesses constituency director. So farmers and agriculture, faith, which is great. You know, so all these communities got touches that they needed to and got their time with the Reverend. And it's a very similar game plan to what Stacey Abrams had. And we just revamped it for our Senate campaign and, you know, scaled it up. But it was, it was amazing, you know. My job, I found that there are, there is money in communities that you would never, that people don't doubt, that people doubt there's money in. Mm -hmm. and it just I it shows you it showed me specifically that it it takes a single candidate a single issue to really wake up a community that wants to care you know about something so people say like these are like non-voters or these are non-givers no they're just people we haven't touched yet Mm -hmm. you haven't interacted with them enough there's no such thing as a you know non-voter or non-give political giver this is just someone these are just communities you haven't reached out and they need to take that to the bank because let me tell you i worked hard with the nigerian doctors and they came (laughs) through for me divine (laughs) nine came through boule came through all these communities of you know latinx and black and api and you know people who they constantly people are ignoring came through on this campaign so hard mm-hmm. you know, they get all their coins for me they did yep. it you know perfect well I see big things for you there's no way that you're not going to do big things I feel like tell that to Sally May. let's abide and we need more than 10k oh my goodness yeah do you think he's going to do the 10k I don't know I, I think the 10k is going to happen but I would like to see how they do that because right 10K is some people's interest and 10K for me is not going to do much, but it'll take away all my federal loans, which would be fine. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see how they interact with private companies because mm-hmm. most debt is in private banks and private lenders. So if you really want to do an impact on student loan debt, wipe out federal debt, that does a lot, but also figure out the way to decrease or consolidate um, private debt. Yeah. yeah. Cause that, that is where the bread and butter is for our communities, you know? Mm, yeah, I didn't, I didn't well, even we're definitely think getting that. the 2K. We're definitely getting the 2K. You think so for the stimulus? Yeah, yeah. We're definitely getting the 2K. How, who's getting it? I don't know, but I know for sure they're talking about People, families who make 50k and down so we're getting to 2k I'm very confident that's one of the only things I'm really confident about so where can the people find you and keep up with you oh um because of the campaign everything was private <laughs> oh okay well never mind <laughs> no um you can follow me on instagram as the shannon roslin um, I am actually working on a project of my personally calling Brown Sugar Politics, where we will be talking about everything that's political, not just in nature, but I think everything that Black women and women of color do is always political. So hair, clothes, sex, 
love, relationships, obviously politics, because that's what I do. Um, but at Brown Sugar Politics, you can totally follow me there. Um, that is my soon to be business page. Fingers crossed. Um, we are working on it. And yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm funny on Twitter. Yes. I am. Go follow her. I have time on Twitter. <laughs>